Hi all, Meg here. Before we begin the show today, just want to give you a heads up. It's that time of the year again. I'm currently enrolling for another mentor program. So if you are looking for continuing education credits, want to build your coaching muscles and work with some other fabulous coaches, go to starcoachshow.com slash mentor, starcoachshow.com slash mentor to check out the remaining programs for 2022. Have a great day and let's get to the show. This is the Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 278. That feeling of isolation and loneliness is what's causing the big burnout today in the world. And there's so many other things that we need to worry about. Why can't we just all take a deep breath and find what's unique about everybody and look at their differences and say, wow, that opens up so much more. We get more creativity, more innovation, and a new path. Not the same path we planned, but it could be a better one. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome to the Star Coach Show. It is wonderful to have you here. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, and I am really looking forward to you fully engaging in the conversation that we have on the table today. We are going to be talking about how to re-engage and bring humanity back to conversations, how to tune into and value the differences that each of us brings and the different experiences that we've walked through to end up where we are. My guest today is Dr. Karen Rigamonti. She has a varied background of um, both personal and professional experiences that we're going to be talking about in today's interview, and I'm really looking forward to engaging in that with you, which we will do in just a minute. I do want to welcome you to the show if you've yet been to the Star Coach Show. And uh, just to let you know that we each and every week believe that coaching can impact the world in a really beautiful way. But in order to do that as coaches, we need to keep our skills strong. We need to create businesses that allow us to make a living doing this work in the world so that we can continue to do the work in the world. And if you're a leader in an organization, we have a number of resources for you at starcoachshow.com about how leadership and coaching go together and just different leadership principles that can help you be the very best you can be. Now, Just before we get into a little bit more about today's topic, I do want to let you know that as this show is going live, I am currently enrolling for my next mentor program. So if you would like to work together, if you would like to really strengthen your skills and your confidence as a coach, and maybe you need mentor hours for your certification or renewing your credential, go to starcoachshow.com slash mentor, 
starcoachshow.com slash mentor and check out the mentor programs that are still available in 2022. And now let's go to a little more information about our wonderful guest in today's show. Dr. Karen Rigamonti brings passion and compassion to every conversation. You will see that and feel that through this interview. She is an advocate, a speaker, a consultant, and has a background ranging from human ecology to internal medicine and anesthesiology. She has a MBA, she has an MPH, a Master's of Public Health, and serves on nonprofit boards. She she is a consultant around the world. She talks a little bit about how she was a consultant in Saudi Arabia. She has gotten around the world and brings this beautiful message with her. As a certified coach, Dr. Karen is able to bring healthier perspective to, to any conversation and really help shift mindset. I so enjoyed her lively, passionate, and knowledgeable presence in today's interview. And as I mentioned, we're going to talk about how we respect one another, how we honor one another, and how this shows up in coaching conversations and actually just coaching not, and, and just co- conversations across the board. Um, I think that this, this conversation is one other way that we can bring our impact to the world. And so I'm so excited to introduce you to Dr. Karen Rigamonti, and we'll see you on the other side. Dr. Karen Rigamonti, it's so nice to have you on the show. Welcome to the Star Coach Show. Thank you, Meg. I'm so excited to be here with you. Well, we have been planning on doing this, and we're going to have a conversation today to sort of expand thought and just maybe challenge a little. I'm all about, you know, coaching is about both supporting and challenging. And I think that the show bringing forward these different strategies, tools, and resources that we can use as coaches. Part of that is also, what can I bring forward that can challenge the audience a little bit and maybe help us think through that that coaching lens? And and we're going to be talking about differences and the importance of differences and how sometimes our mindset about differences can get in the way. So, and and as, as we're exploring this, I'd love to start first with you, you know, the, the audience got a formal introduction from you in the intro. We all have our own story that we bring forward that makes the work that we do just that much more meaningful to us. It certainly makes the conversation that we're about to have that much more meaningful. What is it that brought you from medical doctor to coach, but also this, this whole concept of differences and what really highlighted that in your history? Oh, there's a few things, but the most key reason was my son. Um, 35 years ago, I was in labor and went to a doctor, and here I am, a physician as well, and he didn't listen to me. Unfortunately, he did not hear my words, heed my words, and because of that, the outcome wasn't very good. He sent me home with a toddler, and 12 hours later, I had a second child. And that child was significantly premature in his life and consequently my life and his siblings' life would never be the same again. And I realized immediately 
that even more than my impact as a physician, I needed to do something to bring humanity back to conversations, particularly in healthcare, but really in everything, because our health and well-being is affected by how we speak and hear what other people say to us. And I realized that we're all vulnerable as patients, as physicians, as executives, as coaches, and we're all guilty of kind of lumping people into here's what I think, rather than really hearing what they're saying. You know, in medicine, I would say we're treating symptoms and diseases and not whole people. But that's true everywhere Everywhere. we go. That was true when I was a therapist. The the real focus through my training was what's wrong with people or what are the the issues that they struggle through versus what are those strengths or what are those uh, what are the positive aspects? It was all about you know how to fix. So I love what you're saying because I don't believe any of us are broken, so none of us need fixing. I do wholeheartedly believe in coaching. But it's a support, it's a guide, it's a facilitation of getting you to your potential and maximizing your ability to see the world through a positive lens. Because when we are viewed with all our challenges, and we all have them, whether we're coaches, executives, clients, we are trying to balance professional lives, personal lives. Some of us get stuck with like with unplanned outcomes like I did, you know, where I took care of a special needs child and I still do, but now he's a young adult. Some of us deal with aging parents. I did that. I even dealt with a sibling who had mental health issues. So we all battle things. We also battle the things of our partners or ourselves with chronic health care problems. And we're all dealing with these things and we come at them with so many biases and preconceived ideas of what should be. And when we're not free to just expand on our own uniqueness and our own differences, we kind of resist and we get stifled and we get stuck and blocked right in our own footsteps. I think part of that is the labels that we can put on things. When we label, you know, your son is, it was special need, continues to be special needs that changed the impact like the way that your family was moving forward, you had to make special adjustments, you had to, to respond to that. Yet, I'm sure you received gifts from that as well. And many times, people don't look at what, what you learn from, like, maybe they think, well, what would you learn from your son? But I'm sure there are things that you've learned from your son. Oh, my God. There's so many, Meg. I mean, I could talk for hours on this. And I know we don't have that time. But I would say, are there I'm human like anyone else. And the first thing I did was feel like I was a victim. Why me? What's going on? Oh, and then such I took a traumatic a, time. Yeah. It was really traumatic. And and I didn't have family nearby. This happened in the desert of Arizona. And I was all by myself. My husband was working 12 hours a day, supportive, but not there. So it was like a single parent mm-hmm. with a toddler and now my son. And I was running in ICU from my home. And What I learned was when you turn it around, instead of feeling drained and unenergized and blocked, you can find so many different avenues, new perspectives that give you new opportunities, new possibilities. And you just have to link all that with other people for the support you need, the connection, and you deepen relationships. And 
while I don't ever not wish that my my son's life would have been different and I would have embarked on the career I had chosen in medicine, right? I find such a joy from what I can do now to help others with the things that I've learned so they don't have to take as long to get there and struggle and feel alone because that feeling of isolation and loneliness is what's causing the big burnout today in the world. And there's so many other things that we need to worry about. Why can't we just all take a deep breath and find what's unique about everybody and look at their differences and say, wow, that opens up so much more. We get more creativity, more innovation, and a new path. Not the same path we planned, but it could be a better one. Right. So a couple things there that I want to go down sort of two alleys with you. One is the whole concept of letting go of our own agenda as coaches and getting curious about what the other person is bringing and that differences don't necessarily create a barrier and they actually open up places for us to discover and be curious about. So that's one avenue, but the other avenue that I really, I really want everybody to understand that you had shared with me, your son is blind. He's unable to communicate in the traditional way of communicating. But you had said to me, people think he's non-communicative, but that is so off the mark. And I think that hearing those kinds, like how, what did you have to do? What did you have to open your mind and your heart to, to be able to communicate with your son in a way that's meaningful for you and for him? Well, I think that we assume that communication has to be all in words, but words are really in the eyes or the ears of the beholder. When I first got married to my husband, who came from a different culture, a European culture, I'd say, I'd ask him what he wanted for dinner. And he, I'd say, is this okay? And he'd go, yeah, it's okay. And I took that to mean, eh, we don't really want it. So I made something else. He says, I thought you were making that. I said, well, you didn't want it. He goes, yes. I said, okay. I said, well, in the American okay, was it? Yeah. That's kind of like, if I have to, I'll take it. So we interpret things through our own lens and our own previous life experiences and biases. And what I realized was I just needed to look at my son every day and see where his body language and not assume that the words he verbalized were necessarily the words he meant. But what does he mean behind those words? What is going on and what is he feeling and noticing? And I think this is true for all coaches. That's what I was going to say. It's such a beautiful parallel. When you can kind of step back and try to really absorb what your teammate, your client, your patient, it doesn't, customer, it doesn't matter what the industry, when we do that, our family members Our first reaction is always we listen and we want to react, Mm -hmm. but we need to learn to respond, not react, and to respond with an openness, a curiosity. What's going on for you? What are you thinking? Because it's not about me. I can give the right answer for me, but that won't be the right answer for you. And it's very hard as a coach because we want to just like, oh my goodness, I can see it. But we do that as parents too. Right. And I look, I even now have two beautiful little 
active grandchildren. And I look at them and they just view the world for curiosity. They don't worry if they're going to fall down. We need to get over our fears and be willing to step forward and take some risks, knowing you have a nurturing, supportive leader next to you, coach next to you, parent next to you, friend next to you. It doesn't matter who it is. But when we do that, we all can bathe ourselves in our own uniqueness and excellence. And we thrive, not just survive. Oh, so good. And, and then when you circle back around to the importance of realizing when we have our own agenda, it can potentially limit the conversation. It can potentially limit what the other person is, is offering because we might be putting up a barrier to that. In your experience as a coach, as a physician, What have you seen when we sort of get caught in our own agenda, what that does to conversation? Well, I can cite what you brought up right in the beginning, the conversation that I had with the obstetrician when my son was born. And I went in and I said, I'm really having abdominal discomfort. Now, I was so far from term. I was still in my second trimester. Oh my, he was really and, a preemie. Yeah. So the all I could say was because it was my second child, it feels exactly like labor with my daughter, who is a year and a half older. And he could not hear those words. He made his own diagnosis and superficially examined me and sent me home. I should have been hospitalized immediately. Right. Put on bed rest, hospitalized. Yeah. Right. And of course, that's what happened for my third child. Don't worry. But, um, and she came out on term. But what I noticed was that he wasn't able to hear me. He had his preconceived idea of what must be going on because it's not term or even close. And he went with that. Rather than really deeply listening to you. Right. And I gave him the diagnosis. And truthfully, now as a patient, I so wanted him to be right and me wrong. Mm. And the truth of the matter is we're all right and wrong. Mm -hmm. And as you know, I believe that we're all right, just not 100%, which means we're all wrong, but not 100%. So yes, his diagnosis was partially right, but it wasn't the problem. And it wasn't going to be the thing that caused me the biggest trouble in the immediate. So you have to be able to kind of step away from that and look at what's the biggest thing that can go wrong, what's the most likely thing that can go right or wrong. And then you have to let go of those thoughts and see what's out there right now and be able to really absorb that and then go back and reweigh with new information. But when we close ourselves off to that information, we do a disservice to ourselves and our clients. Absolutely. You know, one of the things when, when I first went through coach training and I was looking at the different competency levels, one of the things that really stood out to me was that mastery level repeatedly stated being comfortable with not knowing, being in a place of not knowing, you know, holding the space for your client without knowing. And I thought, really, mastery is all about not knowing because coming from the background of a therapist, we had to know diagnosis and we had to know symptoms and we had to know 
treatment modalities and and that I kept seeing over and over again, being comfortable with not knowing, approaching the situation and owning a place of not knowing. It's really, and it's and and over the more than dozen years that I've been being a coach, it's so true when you really trust the process and are are able to be in that place of not knowing what wonderful things open up. Well, you know, when you say that, this world of uncertainty that we deal with now with COVID and everything. Right. And, you know, some, so many people are totally blocked from it, stuck, depressed, anxious, worried, what will be. And I have to say that I will have, you know, I'm human. I have better days and worse days, but I don't really feel COVID all that much in the sense that I felt like I had that uncertainty all my life. And I've been juggling with that, moving to Saudi Arabia for five years and not knowing what I was going to get there, dealing with my son, you know, two very different desert experiences. And, you know, I had to always be willing to be adaptable, flexible, and open to what was there in front of me and what are the opportunities there rather than look at what's gone wrong. And so I don't look at COVID as what's gone wrong, but what can I learn from it? What can I gain from it? Where's the gift in this? And yes, there's a lot of tragedy, so I don't mean to minimize that at all. But the gift is that I can be more supportive to people and help impact the world in a better way because they really do need the services. I realized that executives are struggling so much with balancing this personal life with their professional life. And it's even more so today. They're balancing educating children and parents and, you know, being a parent at the same time, you know, so many other things so that, you know, for me, it's just another day. Yeah. And, And that really, in many ways, all those events that have uh, occurred in your life sort of brought you right to the door of coaching, huh? What, yeah, I what, feel like it all prepared me. Yeah. What was it that led you to change professions and engage in the coaching profession? Well, so I was trying to juggle and then I had my third child and that there was a big time gap between the second and the third. And I was kind of balancing part-time work and it wasn't so easy doing that in those days. It's much easier now. And all of a sudden, one day I was talking to a friend. She said, did you ever hear about coaching? So I went and looked it up. I found myself a coach and I said to her, tell me how to do this. And I asked my older daughter, what did she think about it? And she said, mom, you've been coaching all your life. About time you get paid for it. And I was like, okay, but I'm not looking. I mean, I'm looking to be paid like anyone else. Right. right. But I said, really, what I want to do is impact. She says, but you'll do much more impact if you're a coach than me bringing all my friends and all your friends and all the family always and you holding all of us up. So I just took a big leap of faith. My husband supported me and I went and got trained. And the more I got trained, the more I wanted to get trained some more. And you know, I never look back because I feel that I can be of greater service this way 
because there's so many gaps, whether you're a healthcare provider or a healthcare recipient, we all are involved in healthcare. And in this day and age, so many people have disabilities, and I believe they're just different abilities, as you know. And so I believe there's room for a better conversation and to stamp out some of this toxic environment where we just point the finger at everyone and blame them, shame them, criticize them, and rationalize our own great behavior. Wow. And just to kind of carry that thought through, because I know that this intrigues many coaches who are maybe new and like, how do I niche down to who I want to serve? And and do I take my past experience and sort of bring that in? And I'm a big believer that we are whole beings. So where we came from, all that we've done personally and professionally, it all sort of adds to who, to what sings to us for what we want to work on. How did you determine who you wanted to work with as you transitioned from one profession to another? Well, like everyone else, I struggled. What should I do? What if I pick the wrong thing? You know, and like one foot in the door, one foot out. Oh, but I don't want to close off my world. And what I discovered was that the people that gravitate to me are either someone who's a caregiver, a family caregiver, Uh there's someone who's an executive dealing with that as well. I find some of the executives always end up telling me there's a personal family issue going on with their teenager, with their parent, with their spouse. And, you know, I just, I'm able to step back and just see what's going on. And what I find so interesting is that the same issues that are coming up, whether it's in your personal life or your professional life, you're handling them the same way. So when you fix one, you're actually fixing both. And so I realized that I'm affecting healthcare in so many different ways now. And there's so much need for it in today's world with COVID. And, you know, when new clients come to me what, from all avenues, I realize they're not just from healthcare because every one of them is just saying, I'm burned out. I'm overwhelmed. I'm struggling. I'm thinking there's something wrong with me when there's nothing wrong. Right. What's wrong is just the mindset of the way you're thinking you're wrong because other people are kind of boxing you into this corner, what I call othering. And I'm writing a book about that. It'll come out in 2023, I hope. But it's you know, like we just make so many assumptions to make ourselves more efficient, but not more effective. So you you talked about the fact that that you see executives and they have, and this is something I just people to hear. Executives are people too. So whenever I get a question like, what do you mean you are helping that executive sort of navigate through a family crisis? Well, that's, we meet our clients where they are. And just because you're working with somebody, let's say in an executive coaching capability or capacity, doesn't mean that they are in a vacuum of just work. And and I just think, Karen, when you brought that forward, I thought, yes, I mean, that's, I've even had executive clients say to me, I don't know that I can focus because of what's happening at home. And I'll say, let's address that. And they'll say, but this is, you know, is that fair to my organization? And I'll say, 
you know, are you able to show up and be who you want to be while this is, you are a whole being and that includes what happens at home. So I just wanted to really highlight that because I think sometimes people get wrapped around that. I had an executive and that's exactly what happened. You know, he said, I don't feel like having a session today. And I said, why not? And he said, ah, I have so much going on at home. I just need to focus on that. I said, fine, we'll have a session. Mm-hmm. And with it, he, it came out that he was having, and I helped him through my questioning to see that he was doing to his teenage daughter exactly the same things he was working on with his team. And when I got him to realize that, I said, so what are you going to do? And he went home paying really careful attention to what we had unearthed. And he calls me up the next day on the weekend. And he says, I'm sorry to bother you, but I just have to tell you, it worked. And I said, what worked? And he said, what we've been working on with all my team. I, you're right. I did it with my daughter. And it was the first meaningful, impactful conversation we've had in weeks. And she opened the door. And I said, that's all it took. You know, when we, I believe that we just don't have compassionate conversations. We all have an agenda. When he stopped being a parent and telling her what to do. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't tell teenagers in early twenties what to do. Right. Right. Well, and, and it goes back to, as you said, the way that we have relationships is often across the board. So you helped him in the way he was communicating with his daughter And we're able to link that, the similarities to his team. And so often that happens that it's because we show up as ourselves, whether it's a home or social or professional capacity and the tweaks that we make and the changes that we make and the, and just the awareness that we have can go across all those boards. So I'm just so glad we weren't planning on bringing that up, but that came up. I know another client said to me, she has a so much more meaningful and deeper relationship with her boss now and with her parent that she also takes care of, that she wasn't take, you know, having a good relationship with in her eyes. And she said, it's made all the difference in the world in both places. And she realized that, you know, where she needed to put up the boundaries and where she needed to open up herself to hearing what they needed and wanted. And that you can't always run the agenda. So good. That's a great place to kind of wrap this up. Karen, if people want to know more about you and the work that you do, what's a good way for them to connect with you? Well, the easiest way is to contact me at info at drkaren.org. And doctor is D-R, not D-O-C-T-O-R. D-R, shortened. That's probably the easiest. I mean, you can always email me, but I realize when you're listening, it's easier to remember. And we will put links in the show notes so that you can connect with Dr. Karen if you want to follow up with her or if anything that she said was something that you wanted to explore. Karen, thanks so much for being a part of the show. Thank you so much, Meg. Keep up the great work. I love how you help coaches and executives. So, Well, thank you for that. It is definitely a work of passion. I'm always curious about how the show impacts you. 
And I'm wondering what you're walking away with from today's show. If by chance you are not getting the weekly updates to the show so that you know what is highlighted each week, what is coming the next week, and and a review of what you might have missed the week before, be sure to visit starcoachshow.com and grab one of the free downloads that I have for your benefit and start getting those weekly updates so that you can also respond to those and just let me know how the show impacted you uh, and what you would love to see on the show. I love hearing from all of you and how you're being impacted. Now, if you'd like to know more about Dr. Karen Rigamonti, go to starcoatshow.com slash 278. That's starcoatshow.com slash 278. And get the, the links to be able to connect with Dr. Karen. Now, in her bonus question for the membership site that is opening soon, Karen talks about how to respond to the natural aspect of fear that comes up within us and within our clients and how to engage in such a way that we are authentic and we acknowledge what we need and we acknowledge what others need. And that's the bonus question. So be looking for that in the Star Coach membership site that will be opening this spring. Next week, I am delighted to introduce you to Frank Macri. Frank is going to talk to us about how to be a premium coach, how to charge premium rates for your services for the transformation that you bring forward, and how to get past those mindset issues that keep us stuck in undercharging for our services and therefore not bring, being able to bring the level of service to our clients that they deserve and ultimately that the partnership deserves. So that's next week. Come back. You're going to love it. There were so many gold nuggets in that, in that episode. If you're enjoying the show, please leave a rate and review wherever you're listening so that more people find the show. I'm very proud that we have over 125 five-star reviews and welcome your feedback as well. So this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the absolute best for your week ahead. Be kind to yourself, be kind to others and come back next week because we've got great stuff for you. Thanks again for being here.